on this episode, this episode of Japan 2.0. But Chai is one of those bands where you, you hear them and you're like, oh, those people are not native English speakers. <laughs> Which to me is actually the appeal. Like, I, I love music like that. Hey yo, it's Japan 2.0 in the house. Coming at you hot. Coming at you hot with our second album review. We like the last one. I don't know if you like the last one, but we like the last <laughs> one, which was on Shout Out La Paz, Fifth Wheel of the Coach. And we're changing it up something uh, contemporary, different genre. Who are we reviewing today, Matt? Yeah, we're reviewing a group that we've f- been familiar with for a little while, I think from 2017, and that is a group called Chai. Chai yeah. as in the T. That's right. The name. Yeah. Apparently Chai is Russian, according to Chai, the band. Now, this goes against what I would have thought. I would have thought Chai is in- from India. But in an interview with them, one of the members studied Russian literature in university and was like reading a book about like Russian chai or maybe Russian chai is like a different derivative or something. But they, they said chai came from Russia, which I don't know if that's true. We could look it up, but I, I'm not going to. Yeah. It's an interesting name for a band. I think that, um, chai tea is very common in Japanese mm. cafes, especially in the more bohemian style cafes. Yeah. And, uh, chai seems like the kind of group that would be hanging out in bohemian cafes. In my yeah, opinion, I, I love chai tea and chai tea, like you said, really ironically, doesn't remind me of India or Russia. It reminds me of Japan because I had heard of like chai lattes, you know, at Starbucks, but I don't know. I had a very different image of the chai Starbucks drinker in America than I have of the, the chai drinker in Japan. Like you said, it's definitely kind of considered like a bohemian artsy drink here, which, yeah. uh, and it tastes completely different. I hate chai tea lattes from Starbucks, <laughs> but I absolutely love Japanese chai. Yeah, chai tea latte at Starbucks is very sweet, and they got a lot of... Watered the, down. Yeah, it's almost like the same stuff that they put in a pumpkin spice latte, right? You know? Yeah. Just like spices and sugar and nutmeg and stuff. A chai latte... very rich and strong. Yeah, it's way different than actually chai tea with milk. Which yeah. is basically what you get in, uh, you know, a lot of good restaurants. You know, our friends at MK Rico in Osaka, uh, they have an awesome chai tea. So mm-hmm. uh, if you ever go visit our favorite cafe, then you should definitely check check out their chai tea tea, tea game. That's right. <laughs> but since we are in a pandemic, you might just want to like YouTube Japanese chai, and you can like see methods of like how to make it at home, and it doesn't really involve anything exotic. It's just like you can use black tea bags and throw in a little masala spice. But anyway, we are talking about a different kind of chai today. <laughs> chai the band. And I thought maybe we'll start off with kind of how like we first heard about this band or kind of like what our first impressions were. Because in some ways, that chai in 2017 that we both heard was kind of different from the chai now um, on this latest album that we'll be reviewing, which is called Wink. Um, so why don't Wink. you go first? How- 
wink wink how did you first hear chai and what did you kind of think about them uh yeah actually i i believe chai is one of those things that you probably hit me too um you know there oftentimes if we find a band that we really like or or somebody that um we think each other will be into you know we send a, a link on youtube over text or something and um and chai is one of those groups that i remember i'm pretty sure it was you finding them first and sending me a link on youtube and i just watched it, their their video and i thought it was great you know i thought they were great and uh their album was releasing really soon after and uh i think we were just luckily in the right place at the right time you and i went to flake flake records in osaka and uh pre-ordered their first album yeah we've actually like talked about them quite a bit on the podcast before we did yeah. a whole episode and i think that album pink that we got ordered kind of like and just the hustle and bustle and the annoyance of kind of ordering that album inspired us to do an album called scarcity in japan mm-hmm. so go back and check that one out because it was kind of hard for us to get that album and we just couldn't believe for a band that was blowing up so much like uh how few pressings they did and such few places carried it yeah and then after that we really wanted to see them live and that still to this day i saw them live because they happened to be playing at fuji rock um, but like we wanted to see them in a more intimate, small setting. And that was a really short, they played like five songs and it was at 1am or 2am or something. And I was very tired. So I really <laughs> wanted to see them again. And we tried like two or three different shows and just couldn't get tickets for them. Um, and again, this is like on their first album. I, I didn't think they were that big or anything at the time. You know? Yeah. It was 2017. Right. So about four years ago from this recording and, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of weird but i guess that was very telling of the band that they had become um which is band that's getting new york times uh, i think kind of part of the reason that pushed us to do this episode too was uh they're on the new york times uh homepage about four days ago for recording this in may and i just couldn't believe like i knew that they were getting big and they were signing their burger records and things like that but if i was going to choose a japanese band to be on the new york times you know cover page and be getting like western press chai would be the dead dead last of all the japanese bands i like <laughs> like well, there's such an abrasive sound yeah well when you first traditionally introdu- their first album yeah when you first introduced me to them and we started listening to them i think we made some early comparisons to chibomato yeah with the abrasive lyrics almost like a pseudo rap kind of style Food, and then all the food love uh, uh, so much food love and yeah. this album that we're going to talk about is, yeah yeah definitely doubles us down on that um but uh yeah the abrasive lyrics you know the voices of the girls in the band are <laughs> are pretty wild at times you know and well, um you could they're very accented english right or i think that's another chibo model is like i think chibo model speaks much better english i mean they live in new york but like yeah, a lot of times if people are going to sing in English, at least kind of like really make sure those words that they can say well or pronounce or that it's like a proper sentence. But I think one thing that kind of ties the two bands together is like they don't care. They're just throwing English out there, whether <laughs> it fully makes sense or not. It doesn't really matter, you know? Like a lot of times you hear music and you can't, someone can fool you and they might not really speak English, but for some reason when you sing in English, it sounds quite native or any any language, right? But for us, it's English. But Chai is one of those bands where you, you hear them and you're like, oh, those people are not native English speakers, <laughs> which to me is actually the appeal. Like, I, I love music like that. 
Yeah, and, and I think another appeal was it was very raw album. You know, yeah. like the first one sounded like they were just like a garage band, you know, playing their instruments, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you have a bass, a guitar, you know, a keyboard maybe, and drums, and that's about it. Like it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a band you would go on stage and just see like performing, you know, these songs live, you know? Yeah. No electronics, drum beats, loops, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, there was obviously some, um, work with like their vocal work and stuff, you know, and so there, there definitely was a produced album, but it did have that energy of like, kind of like that live band feel. And I I think that that first album I would call punk. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of different genres you could throw at it, but it was, it was pretty punky. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, but you this know, album's not like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> No, um, I think the their first two albums, like, I went back and I listened to both albums before doing this podcast. Uh, Pink, I'm pretty familiar with because I have the vinyl, and so I've listened to it a number of times. And, um, and then their second album, Punk, mm. which is... More, Not a great name. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's more new wave uh, that you know inspired yeah. than than the previous album. So I mean, I guess depending on where you you know draw the line there, you know, it could could kind of be co- considered punk. But That's um, right. but I I do feel like their first album is definitely more punk, like you were saying. Like Pink oh. is punk a punk record, you know? Well, they where, had an EP even before Pink. I, I will say I'm the kind of person that generally on a first listen, very, very rarely just something grabbed me. And I always think like the previous release was better. I, uh-huh. I'm guilty. I'm guilty of that, you know, um, probably just a habit of listening to it a lot and being familiar with it. But I, I remember not liking pink that much. I remember liking it, but feeling like it was a bit of a step backwards from like the, the demos and the EP that they had put out mm-hmm. uh, with every album. I think they'd become more and more accessible, which you could say that anywhere in the world that probably happens, but I feel like it happens more severely in Japan. And I would say more severely in Japan, especially with girl groups. Um, mm. Something about them when they first come out, they're always really raw and I love them. And I, I do like them on first listen. I mean, obviously that's how you find any band is you listen one time. You're like, Oh, this, this is cool. And as they progress or as they sign to labels or again, it's such a cliche, but I, I could rattle off like eight different girl groups here where I feel that way that every album they come out just gets more and more poppy. Mm-hmm. I don't mind. You change your sound. You can't do the same thing forever. Right. Right. But to always kind of follow the same linear path of like being raw or being edgy in some way and then eventually becoming poppy. You know, um, I don't, I don't know if that's so dissimilar from the male pop groups either. I think groups like in um, Japan specifically. Yeah. in Japan, mm-hmm. especially I think um, if you look at groups like uh, Kurinji, I can never pronounce their name, or uh, Kururi, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to, I don't I know, know if K- you're familiar with, with I them. know Kurinji, yeah. Yeah, and then Cero is another one. Like, those kind of bands, they're always kind of going in a more pop direction, you know, from mm-hmm. their original stuff, which is their original stuff, sometimes it's either garage, you know, like um, garage psychedelic or something like that or kind of a funk band like funk rock or something like that and then they they go full like kind of pop you know the fully produced albums and stuff it's a really big generalization and of course it won't apply to everyone but i think it's because it's really hard to make a living here being an artist of any kind whether music or a painter or so i I have a feeling it it is tough to make ends meet here being a musician and mm-hmm. i get the feeling that that's kind of why it happens a little fat faster here a little more upfront. the whole going pop thing 
uh, more than it might back home. Or maybe there's just not a stigma. Uh, maybe I, I think we might even come from a generation where that's a stigma, where I think if I were talking about students or something, maybe that's not so much a stigma, the whole like selling out thing anymore. Yeah. I, now, I, I don't know if this album in particular right. is exactly selling oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I, I'm, um, not saying, I'm not saying that. I would say, but, though, in general, they've gone in that direction. But I, I want to save it for when we get into the reviews because <laughs> it's a big part of like the first couple songs on there when we're reviewing them. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of like where I'm going to go. So we'll maybe save that a bit. We should just maybe talk about the members and a little bit of their, their background, and then we'll kind of jump into the album. Does that sound good? Sh- sure, sure. Yeah, um, Chaya is a group from Nagoya. Yeah, which is, I, uh, I thought they were from Tokyo. Because in some interviews, when they're doing like foreign press, they just say we're from Tokyo. But they're not. Well, they're probably living in Tokyo now. <laughs> right, right, right. But Nobody's living in Nagoya anymore. <laughs> I guess not. I, I, I like Nagoya. I've been, I've been to Nagoya once before, and I had a great time. But um, it's a very... It's a very mid-level city, you know, like, I mean, I call it a city without a soul. It checks a lot of boxes, it's a big city, but like, there's nothing special about it. There's a reason why, like, you wouldn't really visit there if you're traveling here for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't have anything that like you couldn't get in another city. And then all the other cities have like a lot of other stuff, you know, the big cities, at least. I think Nagoya is kind of like a bigger version of Kobe. I think they're both like fairly big cities without like souls. Obviously, Kobe's got you know some mountains and some water, and it provides some things that Nagoya wouldn't have. But Nagoya would have, you know, more shops and things because it's bigger. But in general, those those two cities, I would say, don't have a soul like you know Kyoto, Osaka, Tokyo. Yeah, they're not Sapporo. known known to be it, like the biggest tourist spots. They're great places know, to live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Anyhow, yeah. so they're from Nagoya, and then they met their fourth member at university. So the three of them were in a high school band, girl band. Yeah, because um, Chai formed in 2012, I believe. Yeah, I was reading, right. and yeah, that's a, that was a long, so long time us, before their first like album came out. It took us five years to hear him. Yeah, but um, and then you gotta mention Hana and Kana are two. Their sister, uh, twin sisters. Mana and Kana. Mana and Kana. There you go. Yeah, Mana and uh, Kana are twins. Yeah, which twin which I, I didn't know. Oh, I really? didn't know. I always oh, knew yeah. they looked like so similar. Like I was like, you know, all the girls in in Chai always they kind of look similar. Mm. Um, I could never tell the them apart, you know. And then yeah. I realized, well, there's a reason for that. They're twins. <laughs> yeah, the two vocalists are identical twins. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they did a, and so they've done some pretty notable again, kind of talking about how they've blown up in the West. They did the NPR Tiny Desk show. Have you seen that one? Yeah. I was really, again, every, every step of the way, I'm like, really? Chai's on NPR Tiny Desk? That's crazy. And then uh, Nardwar, who's my, my personal favorite music interviewer, who's pretty mainstream now, uh, they have a Nardwar interview, which is amazing because they don't have a translator or anything. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, he doesn't speak Japanese. He tries, actually. <laughs> he says some pretty funny things. But uh, that interview is great. It's just a lot of screaming, actually. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned before that they're a little new baby. And uh, in that interview, I learned that they love Devo a lot. He gave them some Devo Oh, okay. Gifts, so yeah, yeah. There is a slight uh, connection there. Uh, but yeah, I know there's lots of New Wave, and not Devo's not always New Wave, but sometimes they are. And yeah, yeah. Anyhow. It's uh, a nebulous, nebulous genre, punk rock right. and New Wave. But um, yeah, I think for me, that's about all. They don't have like a huge, deep story or bio or anything. I think that's about it. Is there anything you wanted to add? Uh, not really. Um, yeah, why don't we get into 
this album and i'm sure we'll talk about like you know some comparisons from their their previous stuff and sure uh yeah the overarching sounds of chai in general all right you ready to hear the first track which is definitely the best track name <laughs> which is donuts mind if i do you agree that's the best name oh uh, come on yeah. i'm the, i'm your resident donut expert of course, That's I love right. the name of this this song. Yeah, I mean, but it's like a pun. I mean, again, <laughs> yeah. for non native English speakers, what a good pun! <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's listen to this one for a bit. Donuts mind if I do. So I didn't hear the second album at all. I, so I kind of went from like <laughs> just pink to this. And my first impression was, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this is like some kind of like chilled out, like sleepy album. And I I don't know if I can get into this. That's my well, first thought. You know, on iTunes, when I loaded up this album, it says something like, um, you know, uh, mellow Japanese soundscape, like in the, the, uh, you mm. know, kind of the description. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, listening to this first song, I mean, what a departure from like their previous stuff because, yeah. uh, even punk is very, it's not as punk rock as pink is the mm-hmm. pink album, but, uh, it has it still has that like double Dutch kind of like chant, mm kind of feel to it kind of like the go team or something like that Mm -hmm. where um it's like stadium chants and all this stuff going on and hearing this song off the bat i was like whoa this is a major departure you know this is somewhere in the long line of like lo-fi beats a little bit lo-fi is what i thought too but not exactly it was uh yeah but it reminded me something i would study too i mean yeah yeah It, it feels like study beats or something and um you know, listening to this album a couple of times, you know, I, at first, I think my first impression was a bad impression, right? Like, it was like, oh, this is mm. not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. But um, on further listens, I actually find myself probably singing this song to myself, like, more than any other song on the oh, album. this one? Uh, I mean, the the chorus is pretty good, you know? <laughs> it's pretty funny <laughs> and pretty catchy. So, um mm. It took it took some time and but I did do find myself like like it's kind of an earworm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for me, it is. Yeah, I, we should say by the way, for me, I've only listened to this album all the way through four times. Now, certain tracks I went back and listened to more than that. Yeah, and and only in the last four days, we kind of decided to do this one recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, three days. So only I've only been listening to it in th- three days. So for me, it's kind of a first impression slash review. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just know me and my style. I generally don't like really low tempo, l- slow music. Um, especially for a, a band that I, I listen to, like to get, get hype or to kind of laugh or, mm-hmm. um, I just think there's other bands that maybe can make that music a little bit better if I was going to go to that. Uh, so this, this one probably will never be a favorite of mine, but the name is incredible. Yeah. Uh, Once again, you know, another song about food, you know, um, sticking with the theme. So, uh, yeah, I was expecting a lot of food themed songs in this album. And that in that 
aspect they didn't disappoint. <laughs> All right. The next one, do you have the English translation for it? I think it's chocolate yeah, chip. Chocolate chips. Maybe, maybe chocolate chips is the English translation. Maybe chocolate chips? Okay. Maybe chocolate chips. I yeah. Say, I got chocolate chips. But, and this has a feature. I think it's only one of two songs with the feature. Good old Rick Wilson, of course. Everyone's favorite, Rick Wilson. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so listen to this one a bit and then we'll go through it. So again, we talked before, like really low production band, right? This is kind of where yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's like the the prominent feature of this album. Like if it's not going to be like the high energy, I guess it's the production. You got like wind chimes in the background and again, kind of study beats-ish-esque lo-fi stuff going on. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of like Soul Quarian stuff, you know, like Erica Badu kind of beats mm, or like, sure. you know, something from, from that, um, you know that era mm. uh this this is where i was like is this going to be like an r&b album because yeah. that would be wild if it was yeah. just straight up r&b the whole time and um and the, there's something about this one too that i was like on upon first listen i was kind of like what is this this can't be this can't be true you know like right. don't do this to me um chai but um, I actually find myself liking this one too. Like I, I think, but I think the production, the production is really good. Um, and I think that like the rap in, in there is, you know, it's all right. I don't know Rick, uh, Wilson and I, I tried looking up like some of his other discography and I couldn't find very much. I think he's had like one either EP or something that's come out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in some way, it kind of works. Like their their vocals and stuff are not, even though their vocals aren't great, and they're kind of abrasive, and it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. It kind of it kind of works. Like it's it's silly. Well, I don't think on these first two also, songs they have abrasive lyrics at all. They're very no. lullaby whisper. I see the opposite of abrasive. Yeah, but you you know they don't have voices that are like crooning or, or sure. soothing. They're not right? good singers. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, one thing going back to like all their previous albums that I realized is they use their vocals a lot, like like you would in like a sample, like a sample based song, like or or to bring up something like uh, in the first album they do the um, Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. you know they yeah, do that, yeah. you know what yeah. they're they're and it, it's kind of like that flavor that they put on their songs. Here they're not doing that at all; they're just kind of harmonizing and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of nice. But it's not, you know, it's still kind of them, you know. It's not, it's not beautiful voice. It's not Erica Badu singing. You know? Very high <laughs> you know? tone. For me, this is, um, again, super worried at this point. Like, oh, man. Like, I, I don't know if it's worth, why would we want to review, like, a bad album? You know, like, yeah. there's a lot of albums out there. This album's not go, going in a good direction. So I'm thinking, like, uh, should we choose something else? Maybe just do the first album or something? <laughs> But um, I will say this one does capture a bit of the, you know, the kind of should be a K whispery kind of vocals that uh, 
I've grown to like, you know, mm-hmm. it was, but it was kind of a defining feature to some of the should we okay act female acts particularly. Yeah. And this is kind of one of the first times I heard Chai use that kind of technique. And I wonder if it was like a throwback to some of their favorite should be okay female singers. Yeah, I think so. Kahimi mm-hmm. Carey comes to mind or, exactly, um, yeah. uh, what's the other group that does that, uh, slip in my mind right now. I, I can't think there's, of it. There's a yeah. bunch of them, but it's yeah. a bit of a thing here like female whisper vocals but anyway that's what this song kind of reminded me of but again too too slow and which again not bad but again first two songs are that way so i'm worried at this point matt well yeah i mean what they always came like at their first couple albums they come with like that high energy stuff right off away. the bat. so you yeah. know like it, this was a little concerning uh yeah. but let's get into some action huh <laughs> sure <laughs> Uh, this one. Go ahead. Oh, this one's called action. Action. Yeah, that's what I said. Let's get this some action. So this one to me was uh, a new hope. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> this this is it. Like uh, the kind of chanting vocals, like you mentioned on the second album, spelling things out was something that they've done before. Again, it doesn't have to really be something they've done before, but especially after those first two songs, I think I wanted something that was a little more chai. You know, they, they have a very unique sound, and uh, this was going back to that unique sound, but with the high production vocal, the high production music, very kind of 80s sound to me in the background mm-hmm. and uh, I, i'm a big sucker for 80s music uh, synths and stuff so for for me this was a great song and a new new enough sound with again at the high production where i was like oh man if i got a whole album of this kind of sound i could get into this and uh yeah so this to me was kind of like a turn and i was like okay okay maybe it's just a slow start and i was really digging the song yeah, yeah, this one has that energy, like you were saying. Um, you know, I find it more in line with like the '90s house stuff. Mm. That was, you know, with the uh, some. I mean, it kind of has like a throwback to like that kind of production with the. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, I would say house. I would say house is what it kind of reminded me of. Um, yeah, it kind of made me think like. Is this like the beginning of the the '90s kind of resurgence, like the early '90s resurgence, you know, in music? Like, I mean, are we going to be hearing this more? And it also made me think about like, what if like one of these one of the girls in the group just decided to get all these synthesizers and stuff and kind of do an album? You know, like that happens sometimes. You know, the Beastie Boys are one of my favorite right, right, bands, right. and and Hello Nasty. Like, if you listen to that one, all it is is like they they went total production. You know, like synth production and stuff like that so i mean i wonder if like somebody's in the band's just like a really big fan and this was their time to shine with that kind of stuff yeah i know they're very well versed in music again uh listening to that uh nardwar interview you know he's thrown out a lot of really rare groups from like new york like dance funk 80s 90s uh like underground scene esg and stuff like that and they were like really into it and they knew all the albums and songs and um so they, they definitely know their stuff like the, you know, their music might not always reveal that because it can be kind of simplistic. So yeah, I don't know how much help they're getting production wise and how much they're doing on their own. 
but uh regardless i thought this song was a, was a great track and definitely it made me think one of the best on the album and I, I think one of their better songs uh this one made me uh think about like when chibo motto had their first album um mm-hmm. which was uh viva la woman mm-hmm. and then their second album um was stereotype a mm-hmm. I remember reading an interview where they were like, oh, yeah, you know, our EP and all that stuff, we just weren't happy with, like, the sound, so we really wanted to get... But we weren't good enough to make, like, the sound Mm. what we wanted, right? Mm -hmm. And when they went to the next album, they used all the production techniques at their disposal and, like, really stepped up, like, their musicianship. And, you know, I mean, maybe the, the Chai just had, like, a lot of influences that they just couldn't you know, and styles of music they wanted to do that they weren't able to do at the yeah. time, right? Well, that's why I like the songs. It feels like that. It feels like their first couple albums was just better production, you know? Right. But it's still uh, not too big of a departure, but like yeah. uh, a proper step forward. So yeah, yeah. This, this song's great. Yeah, I like the action too. All right, ready for end? Yes. Alright, so this one, <laughs> I love this, I love this song. Speaking of Chibo Mata, right? That's right. Yeah, the <laughs> kind of cadence of the voice is almost uh, like, uh, I don't know, it reminds me of something. Dun, 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 dun. It like reminds me classic of, delivery. It reminds me to check it out. Hmm. Like, I, I mean, the way I the, the break music. comes in, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And I, that's what I first heard when I, I heard it, you know. Hmm. Um, yeah, this one's got like that hip hop, hip hop vibe. Um a little behind the scenes stuff for my women of Japanese rap mixes that I've done. I mean, Chai always makes it on the cutting room floor. Like I never use, Uh I like, I try to mix in some of their stuff and I I just can never do it because, uh, it just never feels, they feel too punk rock or something, you know, it just doesn't seem rap enough. Uh, this one would probably make it, you know, uh, this one might be in volume three, you know? Uh, um, yeah, for sure. It's it's great. So for me, it's like okay, okay. They're just getting warmed up, you know. Like uh, two two great songs. But once and again, it's a big departure from like what they had done in the previous two albums, you know. It is, but the musically is totally a departure. But I think some of the vocals, yeah, it's a little more rappy. But um, something about it's still aggressive. I guess the vocals. Mm-hmm. So uh, again. To me, this is the good kind of different. Like, every album shouldn't be the same. You should do new things, but stay in line still in certain areas. And, I, again, I think this is a really good job of kind of towing that line of different but uh, still very chai. If I, if I heard that song, I would know it was chai, right? Right? Yeah. Like, oh, this is chai. It's got to be chai, uh, which I think is really great. Were those first two songs, I think I would not have guessed it was chai before hearing this album. I think the first couple of listens to this this album you know like i got up about here and i was like okay you know they have a lot of influences i mean these are obviously like a bit of a every song so far has kind of been a bit of a throwback to something else it feels like Mm. but um but they could do that music too you know they're just kind of showing that they're capable of doing you know a holly cali you know kind of hip-hop kind of 
song with like weird rapping and like Chibomato style rapping and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Like what they're able to do. It also made me start thinking about like, what does their live show going to look like off this album? Because I mean, are they going to have like a DJ? Is that the DJ going to come on and they're all going to be rapping on stage? Like, yeah, so far, none of these songs sound like anything you could do live. That's right. With four people, know? especially. Yeah. Yeah. Their live shows are really fun too by the way like uh yeah they bounce around a lot and they speak whatever english they know uh like uh, particularly the ones in western audiences and it's it's kind of like a bit comedy it's like half comedy half music which yeah, is kind of a theme with japanese groups i can imagine but uh yeah who knows maybe in fuji rock 2023 <laughs> we'll make it hopefully uh, let's hope uh you want to go start with the next one we got to. All right. Let's do uh ping pong featuring yes. YMCK. Yeah. A group that, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with. Hmm. I'm going to request something, David. Yeah. Skip to the like a, around the middle of the song. good um yeah no this is an interesting one because i'm a big fan of ymck i've been a big fan of them for a long time i have no idea who they are well i i learned about them um when i heard this song they they've been pioneers of bittune like japanese bittune especially yeah and they've done a bunch of stuff and in fact uh there is a video that japan 2.0 produced about uh going around and collecting gachapon Yes. And if you if you look in the dark corners of the web, you might be able to find it. Um, and we used a YMCK song for that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, um, in the music. It sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they've been known for doing like lots of different genres in BitTune and stuff. And yeah. uh, yes, I've been following them for a long time. So here's like, I mean, it's two of my favorite groups, <laughs> you know, coming together and making a song and i think it's great i think it's like one of those things that kind of really works together ymck kind of has that punk rock bit tune uh idea and i love ping pong i love the anime and the manga ping pong yes, the name's great. and uh yeah the lyrics i think are great um this is definitely one of my favorites of the album oh, I, so I think good. this is probably number one for me yeah and the, some songs, it's like in the last three, there's little elements that they remind me of Caro Caro Benito a little bit, like their early stuff, mm. you know, their first album, especially. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the chip tunes in this one that really pushes that. Um, Battle Battletoads specifically, if you know the Battletoads uh, music, which is pretty legendary at this point. Mm. Uh, this track really reminds me of something off uh, that first Battletoads game. Mm. Oh, that's a good comparison. It's like, yeah. like a level where you're going down and like holding on to like a rope. And like you're kicking stuff, 
yes. uh, going down like a tunnel. And that that level, this music's very, very similar. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, I really wish that this was like a whole album between, like, if they did a whole album together, I'd totally eat that up. I'd love mm. it. You know, because yeah. uh, the production is is great. At YMCK, if, if you haven't listened to very much of their stuff, like, go back and listen to, like, a couple of their albums. And if you like BitTune, I know some people can't get into BitTune. But if mm. you if you have any interest in BitTune and you want to hear some, like, good, good BitTune music, like, almost everything they've done has been really good. Yeah, I, I love it. I can't, I will listen. <laughs> I'm one of those yeah, people. Yeah, go I'm, back. I'm surprised <laughs> I don't know them. They do covers of a lot of, like, classic Japanese songs and stuff, too. So uh, you might hear some things that you know. Mm. All right. You ready for uh, Nobody Knows We Are Fun? <laughs> yeah, sure. This one, I I really like the production on this one. It's, I would call like kind of like a dirty, like a bit of a dirty house beat. Um, mm. It sounds like it could get like really heavy, you know, like it'd be like almost like a, a break in the music, you know, like a breakdown. Yeah. Um, I could just picture that. I, I thought the the song was gonna pick up kind of at a certain point or like have like a big beat drop or something, um, which just doesn't quite get there, but. Uh, something about the just kind of the tone of the beat in the song i i really really like yeah it's mellow but it's kind of dangerous you know at the same time (laughs) i don't know how else to describe it um you know this one also has like kind of that chanty uh double dutch kind of um chants in it you know Mm. kind of going back to their previous album and some of the stuff off of pink as well Mm. and um yeah i mean this is one where it's just it's kind of like they've turned, they've sold me on this album, you know, like any, any doubts like I kind of had at the beginning gave yeah. me, um, you know, I've gone away and like, even those, for, like I said, I've come around to those first two songs mm-hmm. and I think it's, you know, just because everything up until this point is pretty quality and, and the production is not, it's not a joke, you know? Like if the production, sometimes you hear a band, a band or a group or, a, you know, usually an artist that goes solo and they do a whole album and it's just like produced beats by somebody, mm-hmm. you know, Quincy Jones or I don't know, you know, whoever. Quincy Jones is probably a bad example because his his albums are pretty great. But, um, you know, it just doesn't have the charm of like the band or anything. But yeah. I still think that even everything that they've done, you know, still has a charm of their their group, you know, in it. Even in even the early ones like Donuts Mind If I Do and and uh the chocolate chips, maybe chocolate chips. This one helps me understand those two a bit more or like uh, I think kinda bridges that gap of um those first two songs with the last three that we've heard in a row. Mm-hmm. It still has this kind of uh bit of energy the first two lacked but it has the very kind of sleepy whispery vocals again um so yeah to me this is like okay i can kind of see this is like in in between those two and a good transition i will say without kind of spoiling 
spoiling the rest of what I'm going to say, but like, this is a bit of a transition kind of back to music that I don't particularly love from try again, or like, uh, I don't really understand to me. The real yeah. kind of highlight were like these four songs in a row. So action and ping pong and nobody knows we're fun. These are kind mm-hmm. of the four best tracks for me on the album. Um, or I think the back half kind of gets into a little more maybe poppy or kind of a s- slow mellow stuff that I'm not crazy about. So yeah, it does kind of transition that way as well to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I have to agree. Um, this one's good. And I was kind of like wondering what to expect, expect next. And mm. well, I won't say anything. Why don't we right. hear from the yeah. next song and then uh, I'll talk about this one. All right. So this one's called it's vitamin C. That one's like a little jazzy, little city poppy esque, and uh, it's a little cheesy to me overall. Yeah, I find it like a kind of a throwback to like boy band kind of stuff, you know, mm. with the uh, the chorus of the the singing together and stuff like that. Um, yeah, this one, I actually, I don't mind this one. I like this one, but um, I find the lyrics are pretty funny. It kind of feels to me like like a mother telling you you know you got to take your vitamin c you know it's like nah i choose my life for me you know Mm. things will be okay i can make some mistakes if i'm healthy right Mm. and i think we've all had that that conversation with somebody in our life at some point you know where they're like you've got to take your your vitamins or whatever uh but i mean it kind of goes back i felt this one at least lyrically is very similar to like the stuff that they had on their their previous albums oh really yeah, where it, it is kind of tongue in cheek in a way, and then uh, it can ha- be interpreted as uh, child, like from a child's perspective or something. And maybe that's just the way I interpret some of their music, just because they seem so they seem so young and childlike. <laughs> anyway, mm. but um, one thing um, they like big in their like their philosophy is this whole neo kawaii thing. So kawaii obviously is, is cute, and they're not they say this themselves. They're not like the traditional cute girl in Japan. And it's like a bit of a complex that they had growing up. Mm. Um, so they're kind of like trying to like redefine what that means. And yeah, I think this is maybe one of the more kind of cutesy sounding songs on the album. And maybe it's part of that whole thing. I don't know, but for me, it's not, it's not my favorite. Well, what was the lyric from their, their first album? The, uh, cute face nice face <laughs> they oh, have yeah. a they have a particular song oh, they do. and i remember you and That's i were walking songs. we were walking to buy our records and we met this guy on like the streets and oh. he actually knew chai and yes. um we should say I mean, he's we, about 65 or 70 years old which is surprising yeah, he, he, was, chai. <laughs> he was showing us pictures on his phone of like the latest new half photos <laughs> yeah and, and if he, you know what a new half is then uh yeah it's like a it's like a transsexual person right and uh and we were just like talking to him and he was like oh yeah cute face nice face and he was talking about this album and uh, to be honest that's when i knew like this group was gonna be big (laughs) (laughs) 
when the 65-year-old man, who, by the way, was walking yeah. around with four, three or four Starbucks cups and gave us two with coffee inside. Yeah. You, you forgot, forgot to mention that. You remember that part? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So he had like a whole little, the little cardboard thing, like he's going to like a party or his office to give back the coffee. And yeah, uh, yeah he gave it to us. And it was past my caffeine cutoff time. It's like 6 p.m. I couldn't I couldn't drink it, but you have to take it in that situation. And uh, I don't remember if I drank mine. I probably yeah, did. Yeah. It's probably what's wrong. What's yeah. wrong with me now? I almost forgot about that, guys. I'm happy you reminded me. <laughs> but uh, in, anyhow, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, one of the best songs, though. That yeah, cute face. I'm nice. gonna I'm gonna uh, splice in a pit of that one right, right here. All right. Do it. All right, well, a track that's not as good as that one, <laughs> which is called In Pink featuring Mind Sign without the vowels. They hate vowels, Mind Sign. Um, I'm assuming that's how you say it, right? I, I, yeah, I guess I, I thought Mind Sign as well. All right, so listen to In Pink. I never thought I'd say this, but my my mom would probably like that song. And I never thought my mom would like any Chai song. You know, this song initially was quite boring for me. Yeah. However, listening to the lyrics, I do enjoy the lyrics. The lyrics are pretty funny. Um, It's kind of like they're talking about pink and buy more pink and if you think about it like they're this it's kind of like a commercial for their original music or themselves mm. trying to sell their music mm. the lyrics are pretty funny so i don't know if that's how it's supposed to be interpreted but that's the way i looked at it is kind of like them making an argument for Find you know their album, initial the their initial albums yeah or their or, or just like their i mean pink is a big deal for all their albums all their albums are right. pink so i, I didn't think about the first pink. album i just thought the, the ep color. is pink yeah. you know like everything that they do is kind of pink so um i think it has to do a little bit with their like credo which mm. is like probably that kawaii uh you neo know the kawaii. neo kawaii yeah <laughs> aesthetic that they're going for yeah to me that's just like a cheesy adult listening r&b it is very much pretty boring like i mean it is not like the the beats and stuff are not the most interesting and yeah like it compared to like some of the previous the previous stuff even the stuff at the very beginning like it's not it's just kind of feels like filler a little bit yeah but but i don't mind it so much now that i've i've listened to the lyrics i like the lyrics in this one so as i'm listening i'm like all right come on let's get back to those other songs you did two of <laughs> yeah. these before i'm thinking all right here's the next two slow ones next song's called karage come on this has got to be it bring us the energy yeah. again so let's see what we get yeah yeah 
No energy, Matt. Yeah, no. Didn't get uh, it. Yeah, this one I'm not. I'm not a that big of a fan of. It's fine, but like I think after In Pink, it feels like the album starts winding down. You know, yeah. and and this one is definitely a, a wind down. It's back to another R and B beat, but even even for the R and B beats that they they're kind of doing, it's not as inter- it's not as interesting as some of the earlier ones. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, this might be the worst track on the album for me, um, which is sad because I like Karage. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. There's really not much to say. A bit of a filler filler song for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I understood the maybe if the lyrics are funny or, or um, you know, I like Karage. Of course, I like fried fried chicken. It's delicious. Right. So we need a miracle here. I'm worried about this album. And the next song is called Miracle, of course. Not quite the miracle I was hoping for, but still a minor miracle. It's definitely a, one of the better songs we've heard in a while. And yeah. is, this, is it a single? Do you know if this is a single? It's got that single feel to it. I don't think so. I no, don't I think guess. this is one of the th- singles, no. Um, I think Miracle has – you said earlier that there was a bit of a 80s funk. or oh, they, they were inspired by 80s funk. This yeah. one totally sounds like Maze or – midnight star or something like that to me yeah like if it has that very funky funk 80s like feel to it and um yeah i like i like this one a little bit better than the last couple of songs you know but uh yeah i think that this one's pretty pretty good uh it's not one of my top songs but yeah it's fine as it is you're right it's not the miracle to save the the end of the and half of the album but um it was a better but, better song than the last couple yeah i might skip a couple of songs you know on a, a future listens to but i probably listen to this one yeah it's not a skip for me to either. yeah mm. um not much to say other than that like <laughs> yeah yeah it's all right all right track i mean right. i like 80s funk but it's not my favorite era of funk so yeah you know no it's all about the g funk right uh, I like G-Funk. <laughs> I really like G-Funk. Yeah. I, like, I like Warren G. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go with uh, Wish Upon a Star. <laughs> All right, so this one, you described an earlier one of maybe the donuts one about getting stuck in your head. Yeah. This one gets stuck in my head. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the, I mean, it's, it's slightly repetitive, so that might help. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this sounds like a, a nice little lullaby. If I was going to yeah. fold, fold laundry or uh, <laughs> uh, let's lay down. This is a nice little sweet song. I, I don't know. For some reason, of the slower songs, I like this one more. 
Yeah, you, you know, listening to a lot of Japanese female rappers and stuff like that, you know, a lot of them have a song like this on their albums. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I don't find myself like disliking this kind of stuff, you know, like, I mean, it is low tempo. Mm. It is like kind of uh, slowing things down, but this is the end of the album, you know, and I, I think thought that... for sure this is the last song of the album. Like I, I was just listening. I didn't check. I'm like, this definitely has that kind of last song feel. Yeah. In some ways, in, in it my, is kind of the last. In my opinion, in my is. opinion, she probably should have ended here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, we could listen to Salty <laughs> unless you have something else to say. And then, no, let's listen to Salty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I give intro tracks and outro tracks like a bit of a you do whatever you want with. Like if it's like a minute long track, right? Like that's a fine one minute long outro. It's fine. It, I feel like Wish Upon a Star would have been a better end, to yeah. be honest. Like, yeah. I, I mean, this one is just like it's kind of like I'm not that interested in, mm-hmm. in it. And I mean, that's not how you want to end off your album. No, I mean, I this is my opinion, of course. Yeah. Uh, I think that... Um, it's another one where they were trying to do kind of like the sexy kind of lyrics where mm. like I feel like uh, Donuts Mind If I Do kind of goes in that way. Maybe Chocolate Chips definitely in that way. Miracle a little bit in that way as yeah. well where um, they, they're trying for the R&B thing and it kind of it could work at times, you know, in a kind of an ironic way. Mm. But in this one, it's like, nah, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I need this one, but I mean, it's like a, once again, it's just an outro. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So to kind of like bring it together, I don't know. For me, this album kind of feels like two different like EPs, I would say almost where you got like Mm. the first two tracks and like these last four or five having to me, having a similar feeling to them, similar energy. And then you got those four songs in the middle that are like, you know, you could, jump around to you is going to get you hype and um yeah i mean the production is what ties them together i think they all have similar kind of instruments and you know production techniques being used and that does make it feel like an album but just barely for me um again Mm. yeah those four songs in the middle feel like something else and to be honest if i could just get an ep with those four songs i'd love that because you don't have to and i'm also thankful that they are in a row it's kind of nice to like not have to skip and you could just like do those four in a row or even for you like the first two songs a bit right so you got like the first yeah. half of the album if you're buying like an lp right you know side, side a is gonna be pretty good but i'm not so sure about side b yeah um yeah i think coming to the end of the album um i agree with you i think like the first half of the album is like particularly strong mm-hmm. and at the very end you know probably starting at in pink it kind of it kind of takes a bit of a dip in quality um, but I think it is, I think it's a very interesting album in a lot of ways. It reminds me, I'm a big fan of Beck and mm-hmm. it reminds me of midnight vultures, mm-hmm. which was a very R and B like kind of, um, album for him, you know, with a lot of electronic and hip hop influence and stuff, you know, he went like back and forth. I don't know if you're that familiar with that album. Yeah, I know. It's a, but in, some you people know, didn't like it. Yeah. Some people right didn't like it, it at least. Yeah. But I really like that album, and I feel like this is a very similar album. You could kind of like Beck ironically, right? 
and you could kind of like chai ironically mm-hmm. and um depending on your tastes you know you might find that this is kind of like putting those their vocals their vocal stylings their lyric stylings and putting that over these r&b and and hip-hop beats and electronica kind of stuff dance dance party kind of mm-hmm. music and um seeing what happens and i think it was it was very brave of them and i after you know all the listens that I I had of this album, you know I've come to, come to find that yeah I think this is a good album I I like it you know I really like it I don't know if it's my favorite of their albums I think I think I'm always going to be partial to Pink yeah but um it, you know just like I said for that raw energy that they had in it yeah and um and I appreciate that but I don't think this is bad and I think that uh, they're showing that they can do lots of different types of music. You know, and I think it's they a do. Very they can good, do it pretty well, even though it's not my favorite. I think it's a very important and like good step forward for them, like musically. You know, as artists, it's definitely a more difficult to make album. You know, than Pink, even though I far prefer Pink. It's just kind of what I like because I like raw. Almost always, if a group makes a demo, I prefer the demo to like what goes on the album. Um, so that being said, <laughs> obviously, dem- people don't get really successful off demos or. Yeah, you know, so not what mainstream like. So I think it's a good step for Chai, and like uh, all their albums have been that way. You know, I haven't listened to punk a lot, but I listened to it a little bit, and it definitely sounds like an in between between this album and Pink. I think, yeah, um, production wise. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll keep going in this direction, and the next album will get, I don't know, some kind of pop ballads or something. But uh, I wouldn't be with Chai. You never know what you're gonna get. And they could go back to doing more more of the punk <laughs> stuff, or they could put out a whole hip hop album. Or I, I want to hear the like their rock ballad, like their heavy metal rock ballad yeah. album. You they know, could, they could do it. <laughs> I mean, this album really proved that they could do new sounds, yeah. and it it is kind of like okay, what's next? They're not a one trick pony. Yeah, I think they proved that they have the the chops. You know, I, I I mean, it's possible that this whole album was produced by somebody, and they just like doing the lyrics over it or something but That's right. yeah, um know. you know as musicians if this is what they did as musicians then i think they have like a promising promising uh career ahead like i think we're gonna hear some wild albums you know in the future more symphon- symphonic kind of stylings or you know something like that you know yeah to bring it like home like why do you think chai is one of the most successful japanese groups in the west like what is it about and this is really their big breakout album kind of what is it about this album or like why would people like them do you think well i got to look at like the popularity of the couple of groups that came out you know in, in the united states that had some popularity in the 90s which would be pizzicato 5 cornelius and chibomato and i think like the the closest uh comparison you can make to chai is chibomato and you know, they came out at a time where, you know, everything was so smooth. Everything was so, like, um, cool. And they kind of weren't cool. And they kind of weren't, like, smooth. You know, they had abrasive vocals. They had all that stuff. You know, it's been it's been over 20 years now. You know, it's time for another group to, to do that. You know, like, all these fads happen in, in you know, it's a cyclical nature, right? Mm we've come back around we've gone full circle and it's time for another group from japan to kind of shake things up and i think 
things have gotten a little too smooth, you know. For I wonder people's if like tastes. Carol Carol Pianino's first album or two got pretty big, like uh, retroactively. So like right. when they came out, it wasn't huge, and I, I think it's like one of those TikTok things, you know. But like all mm-hmm. my students now, when Carol Carol Pianino's first album came out because it was bilingual, I used to play it all the time. I thought, what a perfect album! Like for my students, they're all you know. Everyone can at least speak Japanese and English, if not more languages. And like, no one was into it. Like, what is this? This is like weird. Even songs like like Flamingo and like Sick Beat and stuff, like they thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. And then now, five ish years later, like those same songs, kids are all I hear them singing them and stuff. And I found out, like, yeah, they they got pretty big in the West. So I, I do wonder if, and again. To me, they're pretty different groups, and even the lead singer of Carol Group, you know, you know, she's she's British, Japanese, uh, but I, you know, to the average Westerner, they might not realize that, you know, and they just see like an Asian front woman, you know, speaking Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they kind of help made it a little easier for a group like Chai. I yeah, I, w- I would imagine that they they would. I see a lot of comparisons between them and uh, you know Kurokuro Bonito and Chai. Like, I think that, especially with this album, mm. you know, and Kurokuro's kind of gone a little less hip-hop and a little more. Because Kurokuro, it's kind of the same story. Like, their first couple of albums were, like, hip-hop, rapping, you know, all chip, that stuff. And now, tunes, yeah. and their third album was, like, all singing and all, like, like indie, you know. acoustic, almost indie gr- pop grungy, stuff. And, garage rock, yeah. And, you know, EDM kind of stuff, you know, for, for it's been an EDM, mm-hmm. the last couple of albums and stuff. So, yeah, I th- I see some similarities, some big similarities, but I think it's on the opposite spectrum, you know. I think Chai came into it with, like, that, that punk rock, you know, band feel, and then now they're going to the, like, the more smooth. I wonder if it's at all, side. like, um, a bit of a feminist thing, too, like uh, having, like, four girls, like, in a punk band. I mean, there's obviously it's, that's a bit of a thing in itself, and that's almost a trope now. I think, especially out of Japan, mm-hmm. uh, all girl Japanese punk groups are, to, to me at least, definitely a, a thing, a bit of a trope. Yeah. Uh, now is the best musicians, you know, but like they do. This yeah, Shonen them. Knife, and like there's oh, been a exactly. there's been a bunch of them, right? That's yeah. right. Um, there's another group called the Linda Lindas, um, which okay are really really cool. They're kind of like a against got a lot of buzz on social media lately uh they got like bullied for being um maybe i'll send you the song you can put it in now they got bullied for being uh asian with this whole anti you know the coronavirus thing and they like wrote a song about the mean uh racist boy it's called it's called, the name of the song is called mean racist boy They're like high schoolers or just out of high school, like 18 years old. And, yeah. Uh, I saw the video. Yeah. It's oh, great. you know that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You send it to me. You send it to oh, me, man. did I? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. And yeah. uh, I'm a huge fan of the, not a huge, I'm a, I'm a Blue Hearts fan. And they have a song called mm-hmm. Linda, Linda, Linda. And there's an awesome movie called The Same Thing. And uh, anyway, my, my point is that uh, these groups that 
I think five years ago wouldn't have gotten a lot of recognitions or pickup have been. And I, I do wonder if it's a bit of a, like an underdog story, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll never know, you know, like the, the music industry now is so nebulous and, you know, with streaming and stuff, people have access to anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, even if the New York times does pick up like Chai, do you, do we know if there'll ever be like as big as, you know, any of the bands that made it over like Cornelius or something, you know, like, or Kuro Kuro Bonito, you know, like we don't know time will tell. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe our audience but, can tell us why, do, why do you like Chai? You know, uh, if you're not always listening to that kind of music, what is it about Chai that makes you like them? And, uh, yeah. makes you think that they've gotten some mainstream appeal in the U S I mean, if it's anything like me listening to birthday cake from Chibobato for the first time, you know, like, I mean, it's just hearing something you've never heard before and you can't believe that somebody recorded their voice, <laughs> you know, and oh, yeah. in the, in the way that they have. So yeah, oh, yeah. that's such a important song, birthday cake. I think anyone who are, who's heard that song the first time you hear it, you know, they know what, you were, they what, know what doing. we're talking and, about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Great one. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for listening so much. We hope you like Chai too. And uh, if you like this album, especially if you like those four songs that we liked, I'd say go back and listen to Pink because it kind of has that energy almost throughout the whole album. Yeah, and I would say go back and listen to Punk too. Punk's Punk's also good. Hmm. How Future, you, Future's, a, Future's a great song. I do, really love that song. Do you like Wink or Punk better? Uh, I le- Oh, I like Wink better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like punk. I, I like punk a lot. There's, a, I think, a couple of songs on there that I like better, you know, than um, mm-hmm. some of the songs on here. Mm-hmm. But uh, all together as an album, I prefer. I'm not a. I mean, unless they really go really devo, I don't know. New wave doesn't always do it for me, and there's yeah. a lot of new wave influence on there. It's still good. I still enjoy that album. Maybe I need to listen to it a few more times. I only listened to it once, so I'm a big like. Uh... Joy Division, they're not full new wave, but a new order for sure. And yeah, I'm not crazy about the punk album even. So anyway, but I think Shy shows a lot of potential and definitely like next album, I, I will want to check it out because there's some songs yeah. on here. It's like, oh man, if you just do a whole album like that, it'd be great. <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind of hoping that they, they do that. You know, they've shown that kind of potential. So maybe look at the similar feedback and they'll, they'll go that way. Or maybe they'll shock s- us and just do uh, the metal ballad album that Matt wants. Yeah, I can't wait to see how they tour this album. I think that'll g- explain a lot, mm. like what they're what they'll do going forward. You know, they said they wrote part of it during coronavirus. Um, they recorded it together, but they wrote it separately. Yeah, uh, the two singers, uh, the, the sisters, they're the writers yeah. of the. They compose and write the lyrics. Um, and even though they're sisters, they were also living separately, I, I believe I read. So maybe that kind of helps explain some of the, like, like I said, the side A and the side B, maybe feeling a little different. Yeah. I, I guess it sounds from what, like you've heard that they're kind of like the heads of the, the band. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're kind of like the figureheads. Composition wise. Yeah. Okay. And mu- musically as well. Yeah. Uh, there's two Y names as well. Like Yuki. Yeah. And... Uh, it's Yuki and Yuna. Which one's which one's the drummer? Is it Yuki? I don't know. Okay. The, the drummer <laughs> sings know. as well sometimes. Like she like does like some of the shouting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, composition wise, it's the the twinsies. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. 
Anyway, yeah, they're an inter- they're an interesting very interesting band. group, yeah. one of a kind. Chai, <laughs> hope you like this album. Uh, yeah, give us some feedback. What you think about Chai, and then also what album do you want us to review next? Don't worry. Yeah, we're looking we're looking for yeah, albums. We'll keep doing these, but it's not gonna we're not gonna turn to like a full uh, music review show or anything like that. But uh, during uh, the Corona times, it's one of the better episodes that we can do since we have been good boys and we don't go out into society and we've been staying at home. Uh, yeah. Not like Naughty Chai. They haven't had their vaccinations. They shouldn't have been getting together to record. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, anyway, if you could go out on Instagram and reach out to us, that's our kind of main spot. We are on Twitter and Facebook if you prefer those, though. And, um, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, until next time, uh, Donuts Mind If I Do. Amen. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>